You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 94, and today we're talking about organic marketing strategies to create instant engagement, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another Monday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's interview with you. Today we're talking about organic marketing and I invited Ben Perry onto the show to talk about this. Now, what I loved about Ben is he wasn't an expert that reached out and told me what it is that he does and how good he is. Ben joined my Facebook group, Thought Leaders in a Circle, and he just started posting some really great content. And I reached out to him via personal message and introduced myself and said I would love to jump on a call and chat about what it is that he does because I was watching him get insane engagement on his posts. I joined his Facebook group and started to really have a look at what he was doing and from there, asked him to come on the show. I really wanted to share what it is that he does with our listeners here in the Business Lab. So Ben Perry is the founder of Red Hot Marketing, which is a digital consultancy that helps impact-driven entrepreneurs get clients consistently through social media. What he shares today is fantastic because as any expert or any entrepreneur running an expert business, the biggest insurance policy that we have is our personal brand and our community. And this is what Ben's talking about today, helping you to really create engagement in your community or your online community. So let's just dive straight into today's episode. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Ben. Oh my goodness, I nearly called you Perry. (laughs) Great start to the interview. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Ben. It's great to have you here joining me today. Thank you. Even if you did call me Perry, uh, for (laughs) 10 years, people call me Perry in the Navy, so it's all good. (laughs) Oh, and I've never been in the Navy. I just had a total slip up as I was speaking. (laughs) Great, great start. Today, we're going to talk about organic content and how to get engagement on social media. And I invited you onto the show after you joined my Facebook group, Thought Leaders in a Circle, and you did a couple of posts and I was like, wow, this guy's good. I have to ask him onto the show because you really are walking your talk and everything that that you put up on Facebook is just, it, it blows up. And I find this really intriguing how you did it and how you do it. So I definitely want to dive into that today. But before we do, I'd love you to share how it is that you came to be teaching people how to put content onto social media for engagement, because there's always some big journey story here, and I'm sure you have one too. Well, I mean, probably starts 
back in 2017. So that, that's when people started seeing that I was really good at organic. I spent the last couple of years before that not being good, having to figure it out myself. And because uh, I didn't have the funds to really to invest in proper mentorship. Um, but there I was in April 2017. And I was really good at organic. And people were asking me like, wow, you're really good at organic. Like, how are you doing that? And I'd never really taught anybody that. And so I created a post. It was something like top five ways to explode your organic engagement. And that blew up. And a whole lot of people were like, wow, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then somebody was like, I never save anything on Facebook. And I just save this. So that says something. So my mind heard this. And I kind of, I knew I had a couple of Facebook groups that I started, but that they fizzled out. And so I knew how to really start a Facebook group, but to really maintain it. And so I channeled this momentum that I got from that original post. And I said, hey, so I'm actually going to do a full on training. If you want to attend this training, then it's going to be inside of my new Facebook group. All you got to do is comment interested down below and I will add you to the Facebook group. So that accomplished a couple of things. And this really launched my being in the teacher shoes because I never really done copywriting or anything for anybody, never really worked with anybody. It was just, hey, you're really good at this. Can you just teach us? And so I kind of skipped those first, like in coaching, they talk about how first you got to do the thing before you could go teach about it. I just jumped straight to teaching because I was just, people were really, really interested. Mm -hmm. So I launched into that and I started by immediately walking my talk, as you say. Yeah. I'm like, look, let me know that you want access to the group. You'll have access to this training, but it's inside the Facebook group. When we started that group, I started it with 120 people who had already raised their hand and said they wanted to be inside the group. Yeah, so from there, maybe a week later, we doubled that size. Uh, we were at 300 members. I gave the training. So I created the group at the April 17th. And then by May 1st, we had over 300 people in there. Of that 300 people, 90 of them RSVP'd to attend this training, this organic training. And then of those 90 that RSVP, 60 people showed up live that night on the training. That was unheard of. That launched my, my organic teacher journey, I guess. Yeah, totally. So cool. I just want to go back and tap into something that you said, and I, I find this a little bit interesting, and it's a little bit of a, a detour from what we're talking about. But you said that you didn't have the money to invest in mentorship at that stage, and you just went out and did it. And I find this really intriguing because I believe, and I've always had mentors, but I also believe that for you to be able to put together your own methodology, for you to come up with your thought leadership, with your own processes, it's not about doing what our mentor teaches us. It's about using that mentorship and actually exploring what it is that we're pulling apart, which is what you're talking about here. And I wanted to go back and just ask, since then, obviously you have invested in mentorship, but how has it changed from the way that you originally just went out there and tried and tested and came up with your own methodology? That's a good question. I think I need to go back and clarify because it wasn't that I didn't invest any money. I was in the Navy for 10 years. And then when I got out of the Navy, I had about a little less than $9,000 saved up as for my retirement, right? Mm -hmm. And I pulled all that money out. And 
I spent $2,000 to hire a mentor with three months within uh, leaving the Navy because I knew that if I wanted the results that I wanted, then I needed to go hire somebody who already had those results. So I already, yeah. so, I, so I knew that. Now that mentor only took me so far and then it was like, I, I, I ran out of money. Ironically, I said a little less than $9,000. So what happened to the rest of that 7,000? Well, I was still living in fear. Um, I, uh, when I got out of the Navy, my income was not the same, right? I went from making the money that I was making in the military to zero. And I had to, you know, I had car notes and they were wanting to repo my car. And it was just, it was, it was mayhem and madness. And so I, most of that money went to trying to keep my current lifestyle afloat. And then mm-hmm. I just ended up paving it anyway. So back to, so I invested in this mentor, we worked together. And then after that, I really needed to get resourceful because my okay. resources had dried up. And so I began to think on and I began to do what most people do in this situation, at least I would hope so, is that go and grab people's free stuff and start to piece things together, start to read between the lines. And, and that was what I did. And I'm not saying, and, and then eventually I came up with a process and then I made a little bit more money and then I would invest when I can. But I'm saying for the most part, I didn't have a mentor there the whole time guiding and holding my hand. I, it was like 80% me and my persistence mm-hmm. and my willingness to fail and look like a failure and look stupid and 20% of hiring the mentor him or her showing me the way like down this path, like here's, here's a couple of streets ahead. And then it was up to me again. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. where it was. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's really important conversation to have because mentors help us and they do show us the way, but for us to be able to come up with, you know, something that is original and unique to us, that is us. That is us, you know, testing, measuring, and as you say, being resourceful. And I think that resourcefulness is one of the the best things that we can tap into as an entrepreneur because it's amazing what you've got access to when you think outside the box. Absolutely. You know, I was meditating today and uh, in my meditation, something, something came up and it was essentially that you can be judged for not being the king. Like, you can't do that. You're not the king. I don't know where this came up in my meditation. Maybe uh-huh. it was for this particular podcast. But it's like, you can't do that. You're not the king. So whatever you're thinking of what the king would be allowed to do, that's what kind of came up. And then I had this thought, this empowering thought, like immensely empowering thought. And that was, yeah, but the king can't do what I do because the king's not me. And I was like, and I'm getting goosebumps just like remembering it and, 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 and talking about it because there are, and in this instance, if I'm going to kind of do my psychoanalysis here, the king would be any mentor, any person that I look up to that I would like to aspire to be, anybody mm-hmm. that I respect. And by very nature of them being a mentor, we kind of put them on this pedestal at least until we get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this kind of inherent sense of I'm not good enough to be there yet but then realizing that my own flair of genius is with me no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. And that long after I'm gone, people will remember that Ben did it his way because it was 100% genuinely Ben and nobody else could do it like that. And if I can see myself at the end of my life and see how people saw me differently, saw me in my power, and then take that energy and transplant it back till now, 
I don't know how woo-woo you are, but that's that really gets me going. I'm very woo-woo. As people that okay. uh, know me, they'll, they'll be like, oh, this is so up Sam's alley. <laughs> 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 and I love okay, it yeah. that you even said it the way I say it because someone even just commented on uh, on Facebook just this morning, actually, on someone else's post and says, as Sam would say, it's very woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Now, you talk about creating organic engagement. I know that specifically that you teach for Facebook, but like you said before, that you can use this for Instagram and LinkedIn or any any online conversation, I guess. But I'd love to ask, why would we want our content to have engagement? What does that actually do for our business? Yeah, that's a good question. So the thing is that there are a lot of experts out there who have their own superpower. And so you know you can help people and it doesn't matter what platform you're on, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever new thing comes out, right? As the recording, it's 2019. But what I teach is psychology and human psychology does not change. And so based on that, there's an expert who has something to say, but if you don't have the ability to use the platform, to use human psychology and get attention, then you might as well be irrelevant. Mm. And it's the same as if you aren't saying anything at all, because mm. these algorithms are very, they lack mercy. How about that? Like yeah. they don't yeah. care whether you have a big impact and you want to be able to change the world. If you can't use the platform and speak to people in a way that's going to grab their attention, then, then you're done. You're not yeah. going to have the impact. You're not going to have the reach. And then what does that mean? Well, that means that your business is going to dry up. And what happens if your business dries up? You don't have any clients. What happens if you don't have any clients? Well, you start to lose faith and confidence in yourself, not to mention those friends around you. You've got bills to pay. If your business goes under, then you go under, then you're a failure. And it's a very slippery slope and it happens very quickly. It doesn't happen slow. It happens very quickly. So if you want to make sure and to hedge your bets, then you need to know how to generate engagement. Totally. And I think that you said that just so, so well. And, you know, if people don't see us showing up, then we're not top of mind. We're not at the, t- you know, the tip of someone's tongue when someone says, oh, who, who does such and such? Or, you know, you might have someone that's lying in bed at night with a problem that doesn't, or you, you know, you're not the one that comes to mind. And, I think that if people don't see us showing up consistently, then it's, they're not wondering where we are. They just, they just forget about us. You know, I've seen before people posting on Facebook, Oh, I'm back. You know, I had a, a, you know, a few months off. I bet you were wondering where I was. Uh, no, didn't even (laughs) realize that you weren't here actually. No, no. And, and that happens all too often. I mean, honestly, for everybody to know that you're there or not, we don't need everybody to know, but you need your clients or your prospects to know. Mm. And you really got to think of it this way. There's somebody out there right now who needs you, mm-hmm. who's looking for you, actively looking for you. And if you are not doing your due diligence, then in my mind, you are really being selfish. Mm. You are really not taking the best opportunity you can in order to put yourself in front of those prospects who need you, who need what you have, because ultimately at the end of the day, in your area of expertise, whatever it is you teach, there's probably more people out there who need what you have than can do what you can do. Mm. And that's where I come in. I help you be able to put yourself in front of those people so that they can say, Sam, help me. 
You know, they can say, you know, uh, Julia helped me or Eric helped me. Because if you can't make your engagement, if you can't make your post, if you can't make yourself visible on social media, then you don't exist and you're not going to make those impact. And it's more far reaching than you can even fathom right now. So perfect. So well said. If we're not turning up and serving the people that need our help, we are being selfish by not helping them. And I know that you're about to drop a whole heap of value bombs, but even if that's the only thing that our listeners got today, I think that that's a really, you know, a very valuable piece of information. So you mentioned that you did the top five ways or how to get engagement on social media. I would love to start there. How exactly do we get engagement? How do we show up and have people want to interact and open conversations with us? I think the first thing to really address is because everybody's industry is different. Mm-hmm. I said human psychology doesn't change, but that doesn't mean that you, you can't do your homework, okay? And you need to do your homework. And that means actually going and figuring out what your market wants. What are their fears? What are their desires? What are they? I mean, if you don't do this, then you are lazy and you deserve to go out of business. So I will say. <laughs> this isn't like some, some like get to kind of thing or all eventually get to it. No, this is, if you want a business that thrives, then you need to go do the market research. So I'll say that first. Mm-hmm. Now, once you have your market research, and this presupposes that you know what your your market's fears are, you know what their desires are, you know what they're not even like willing to say to their spouse, you know what they're telling to themselves, you know the lies that they're telling to themselves. When you know your market that well, now you can begin to really generate engagement that will grab attention. So that's that's the homework. That is the thing that that, that you got to go do. Now, knowing that, here's, here's the thing you can do. Something that I call binary posts, okay? And, um, you know, actually, before I go binary posts, the context here, there is a man, his name is Blair Warren. He wrote a book called The Forbidden Keys of Persuasion. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to just go find material on a guy who just like gives it to you straight, go check out his book. But in that book, he talks about how people aren't aware that their attention has been captured until after it's been released. Mm-hmm. And so they did this study actually, where they sent a bunch of people in to watch a movie and they gave them a little button, kind of like a pen. And you just click the button when you know that your attention has been captured, when you're like enthralled in the movie. Uh-huh. So everybody went in and then everybody starts watching the movie and then the movie ends and guess when everybody clicked the button? Uh-huh, at, at the, the end. end of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. So this just proves that people's attempt, they don't know their attention has been captured until after it's been released. Mm-hmm. So this means that you, if you know your market, can capture their attention, give them and feed them what you, what you were trying to say, what you're, what you're promoting. And then when you're done, when they get to the end of your Facebook post, when they get to the end of your sales copy, and then they're finally released, like, oh my gosh, I, was, I went on a ride. So that's something in, to, to know too, part of setting up the context. So then we go back to the binary post. Well, what's a binary post? Why do I call it that? You want to make it to where the interaction, the engagement that you're asking for is a single character. Mm-hmm. This is accomplished through asking what I call a binary post. Now, a binary post is something like, if I were to roll into your town, would you meet up with me for coffee? Yes or no? Mm. And by 
no, I mean Y or N. Don't type out yes or no. Type Y or N because now the other person gets to simply just type Y or N. Uh-huh. Maybe they don't want to meet up with you for coffee. Maybe they're a tea person, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they meet up with you for a pint of beer. Yeah. Um, another, another variation of that is true or false, T or F. You can ask a true or false question. You can ask an A or B question. Mm-hmm. And, and when you give people and you feed people the response and a multiple choice, they don't have to think. They get to conserve energy, which is what every human being on this planet wants to do is conserve energy, even mm-hmm. though they're scrolling 300 feet per day yep. on social media. That's a real stat. <laughs> so you make it very easy for them to be able to comment and engage. And what's going to happen is that because of human psychology and because people can't leave well enough alone, they always want to give their opinion. Somebody's inevitably going to add a little something or see somebody else's comment and want to comment on that. Next thing you know, you've got people who are commenting back and forth on your post and you get to enjoy all that juicy engagement. All because you created a binary post where you're asking people to comment with a single character. This Do not underestimate the simplicity of this. Its power is potent. What I think that people need to realize is that, you know, we're not sitting around and scrolling and looking for a time to stop and write out something really, you know, very deep and offering a huge insight. We're using our phone, standing in the line at the grocery store, or we're waiting to pick up our kids from school, or, you know, there's a a lull in, you know, between programs on Netflix, and that's when we're scrolling. So to be able to stop and leave one character, that's what we're doing. But as humans, we want to close that loop, or we want people to understand our opinion, and that's when we'll go back. So I think that's so, so clever. Absolutely. I, I think that also just leaving short posts in general will will do more for your engagement because mm-hmm. how many times you've been scrolling either Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever and you there are some people you follow that you just you're just gonna like their post right you want to mm-hmm. show support or you just know that you guys vibe and so you're going to show them some social love you're gonna leave a reaction a like or a heart but if the post ends up being like a mile long. Like you click see more and it opens a new page or it all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I don't have time for this, Uh right? And a post that might've got love will get overlooked and people are like, it's too risky to leave a heart or a like on this because I don't know what they're saying and I don't have time to get into what they might say. So, and I will risk social status by doing that. So I'm just gonna move on to the next one. Even if I might have read it and agreed with you, it's too risky. I don't want to risk my social status. I don't want to lose status. So I'm going to keep scrolling. So that's a wow. huge there. Yeah, that's, that's, I had not considered that before, but very valid point. Now, not to be construed with never write any long posts. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that is where maybe 80% of the people scrolling by, they're not going to, to, to leave a like or a heart or, or leave a comment because they just weren't weren't interested, weren't going to invest the time. But the other 20%, because we're talking about the 80-20 rule, right? Uh uh 20% of your market is going to be ready and is reading your long post, is reading your long copy. And they Mm -hmm. might read the entire thing, share it out with their entire you know, friends list and go, wow, this thing is like, they were talking to me. And you don't know, because a lot of times people will never like something. If somebody's vetting you, for instance, they're doing it stealthily, like Mm -hmm. a ninja. Mm -hmm. We're not letting you know. 
So don't underestimate the power of people who are creeping your page, but maybe booking a strategy session with you tomorrow. Look, that I definitely noticed that happened. Uh, I did a, um, I launched a new program just before Christmas last year, and it was so odd that, or I found it odd at the time that some of the people that bought like really early in the launch did it and I'd never even heard of them. I'd not seen their name on any of my posts. I'd never seen them on social. They'd never commented on anything. I'd never engaged in a conversation with them. But they, you know, they did tell me afterwards, oh, you know, we religiously listen to your podcast. We see every post. We read all your blogs. And I had no idea. Yeah. And they're having this whole relationship with you and you don't know. I I was actually talking with my girlfriend. We watch a a famous YouTuber. His name's Peter McKinnon. He does. Oh my uh, goodness. I was watching him last night. Love him. (laughs) No, you know. So are you into cameras? Are you into photography? uh, So not me personally, but the two people I live with are, and that's how I got into it. Okay, perfect. So same, my girlfriend's not into photography, but I started watching him because I'm into photography. I want to know, you know, video and photography and stuff. And she's just been wrapped up, you know, in his whole entertainment, how he does his thing. And so the whole point of like, we were talking, we're like, wow, we, what we do is we, we make breakfast in the morning. We have about 20 minutes while we eat breakfast. We turn on YouTube, we turn on Peter McKinnon mm-hmm. all religiously. And we were like, how many times have we actually left a comment on any of his videos? We're like, wow, we are guilty, totally guilty of like just binge watching Peter McKinnon and not leaving a comment. So I'm like, I'm going to go leave a comment right now because I'm, I'm, I'm that person. <laughs> and I have to realize that, oh, okay, let me, let me show him, you know, that I'm actually here because the same thing is happening to me. Same thing's happening to you. Same thing's happening to anybody who's out there in the spotlight making a difference. There's going to be somebody who has your poster up on their wall and you don't even know. And I think that that's really important to note that not everyone's going to interact with you, but that doesn't mean you're not being seen and you're not being heard. And this is all about getting the algorithm to see that this person's interesting or people are interested in what this person has to say. We will now show their post to more people and that we have to have that happening so that these lurkers, I guess, can see what what it is that we're talking about. Yeah. I like to game the system, the algorithm, by by using my binary posts. Now, I must caution caution the listeners. So so the example that I gave earlier is actually a homework assignment that I assigned my students. So that's why I use this one. And if you've seen a variation of this post before, it's it's because it, it came from me. So you can use this exact script I, I uh, would recommend using it on a colored background that just on Facebook, it just works really, really well on this. Uh-huh. Use this exact script. If I were to roll into your town, would you meet up with me for coffee? And if you don't like coffee, replace it with whatever you drink, Y or N. Use that. I'm telling you, you're going to see results. Your mouth is going to drop. If you're somebody who never gets any engagement, just buckle up because be prepared. You're, you're going to become a believer. 
overnight, like in a blink of an eye, you're going to become a believer because in less than 10 minutes, you're going to be like, holy moly, like look at all the people that are coming up in this. And your tendency will want to use the binary, the binary post over and over and over and over and over again because it becomes your hammer. I, I strongly caution against this because it's going to lose its effectiveness if you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I like to use, here's my strategy for the binary post. I like to use the binary post because it's going to generate me a ton of engagement. Mm-hmm. When you generate a ton of engagement in the algorithm, then the algorithm says, wow, Facebook and the people that are associated with it really like you right now. So your next post, let's show a ton of people your next post because you're on fire. It's like you're a, you're a celebrity who just uh-huh. had a movie come out. So the next post that you make, make it a post that has an offer. Or maybe it's a link to your booking strategy session or make it if you're launching some type of product, make it be that. Now, the ironic paradox here is that those types of posts don't get engagement. So don't think Mm -hmm. that everything just like stop working by nature, then don't get engagement. Because remember we talked about before, people don't like to like things because they might lose status. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. people are definitely going to see your next post that has your offer, that has the thing you're selling, and they will click on it. Time to do it. That's the strategy. Binary Love post, it. make an offer. Now, just going back to the post about rolling into your town, and I really like this because I, I can see how it's going to to create some really great conversations. I'd love to know why you've chosen those two words, why or in, rather than just yes or no. Well, because of the single character. You you don't want people to think, okay? They don't want to think. Mm-hmm. Just think about this. So if you've read um, uh, Daniel, any work from Daniel Kahneman, he wrote a book, Thinking thinking Big, Thinking Small, or Fast or Slow, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh-huh. He said there's, there's two different types of, of, uh, of brains that we have, right? System one thinking and system two thinking. So system one thinking is uh, when we're impulsive, right? And we're going on autopilot and we're going about our day. It's the person that cuts you off in traffic and, and you fly off the handle. That's not your higher self. That's the territorialness. That's your system one thinking, the survival, just reptilian brain. We are this person who's scrolling on Facebook. This is the person that you have to talk to because system two thinking is the people who's like, let me find my monocle and I will actually <laughs> about this really, really deep. And you know, like, where's my vest? Okay. Civilized, I get it, right? We want to be civilized. We want to be able to make a good impression. That's when we're turned on. That's when we know we're entering a situation and we have to put our game face on. We have to put, okay, time to go be social now, like this podcast. Yeah. But system one thinking is when we're on autopilot and the reptilian brain kind of takes over and is operating. And that's the person that you need to capture the attention from. That's the person that doesn't want to bother with your post. If you're like, yes or no. But yeah. if you put wire in, you're like, oh, oh, I can do that. Reptilian brain says, I know wire in. I know A or B. I know T or F. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Makes sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. And how often would you use a binary post in your business? Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about not using it all the time. They, they will lose effect. Uh, and obvious and, you know, just touching on the fact that we need to also make sure that we're using it in a strategy, which is what you're talking about. It's not just to have people comment. It's to make sure that they're seeing, you know, whatever that next offer is. But how often should we be using these? I, I like to use it. Um, 
Usually I've forgotten the last time that I've used it. So that's about how often that I use it. Um, and usually it lines up with something that I'm promoting or something that I, I know ahead of time that I want people to see. So I will do a binary post to generate a bunch of engagement. That's only one proven way in order to get a bunch of engagement. But I'll, I'll use that when I know that I'm about to, to promote something. Yeah. But I, will, but I don't use it over and over. And, 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 and the crazy thing is, is that there will be people that will go and they'll create binary posts and they'll make it really wordy and they'll make uh-huh. it like full of big words <laughs> or, or they'll try to add two or three or four or 10 different things like entrepreneurship is about staying up at night and being a hustler and making sure that all your chakras are aligned so that you can <laughs> with the flow. Right. And you know, you've just, you've lost, you've lost right. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's what I think about when I do binary posts. Love it. So binary posts is a really great way to get engagement. I know that you get engagement on lots of, lots of posts. I'd love you if you can, you did mention the top five ways. If you could just quickly go through some of these other ways that are different to the binary posts that we can get engagement. Yeah, I don't remember what that uh, initial five was, but uh, a few things, probably little bookmarks, right, to think about engagement. So there is something that I use called the Fantastic Four Technique. Mm -hmm. And you could pretty much be sure that somebody who's not using, it's very obvious when somebody's not using the Fantastic Four Technique because you're like, oh, look at this person leaving all this juicy engagement on the table. They must not care. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I think. Yep, so yep. here's what that is. It, it's four different actions that you're going to take when somebody comments on your post. So you've just done a binary post, say, for instance, and somebody leaves a yes. You know, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. Will, you will like that comment, reply to that comment, and, and leave a reply to mm-hmm. that comment. Tag them, tag their name in that comment, and Facebook usually does a pretty good job of auto-populating, auto-tagging them when you hit reply. I like to delete their last name so it doesn't look as clunky. Yep, yep. And then leave an additional supplemental comment after that reply that you made to their original comment. What Mm. you've done, the Fantastic Four, you have liked their comment, Mm -hmm. you have replied, you have tagged the person, and you left a supplemental comment. So now, Facebook algorithm sees actually not four, but five different actions Mm -hmm. on your post. That is, they commented, you liked their comment, you replied to their comment, you tagged them, and you left a supplemental secondary comment. All of these little hits to your overall post add up because that's only one person commenting. Second person comments, that's 10 now. Third person comments, that's 15 reactions being sent to the algorithm. Four people, 20, so on and so forth. Yeah, I love it. It's all about opening conversations. That's all I'm hearing. It's just about opening conversations, which I talk about all the time. If someone's taken the time to leave a comment on your Facebook post, then it is only, you know, friendly to then reply to them. You know, it was really interesting. You know, I knew that, that we had this, this interview coming up today, but yesterday I've got a thousand friend requests sitting in my, in my Facebook and I've been trying to get to them because I don't just hit confirm. I always reach out and say, hey, look, you know, thanks for connecting because these are people that have connected me. Thanks for connecting. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, you know, what you do, whatever. 
I cannot believe how many people do not answer me after their friend requested me. And I, I'm, I feel like it's like if we'd walked into a networking event, someone has walked up to me and said, hey, Sam. And I'm like, hey. And they just walk off. It's just so bizarre. Social media is meant to be just, you, you know, exactly like we would interact off of social media. I, I say the same thing. In fact, like, <laughs> it's funny you say that because in one of my trainings, I actually say when somebody comments and you don't reply, you don't like, you just, it's the equivalent of you just like, all right, I'm just going to have walking away. <laughs> Like what? Where are you going? What, what, what's going on? Don't talk to the hand, <laughs> right? And so that's that's very interesting. You talked about being like in like a mixer type of thing, and somebody comes up. There are a lot more people who are just socially awkward, socially like uh, ignorant online because I I have to remind myself, right? This comes fairly natural to me now. I had to work hard to get to this naturalness. But I'm at a point now to where when I hear and when I see people not doing these simple things, I'm almost like, come on, like, you know how to do this, right? Like, come on, you you know this. And I like, actually, actually, no, we don't. And I have to remind myself that most people don't know. And it's not that they are consciously choosing to be ignorant. It's just that they just don't know. And the great part about being an expert, a person who is in a position to teach people is that it's so easy for us to, as, as coaches, consultants, mentors, experts, anybody who sells their wisdom for, for, for money to not value is all the things that we have mm-hmm. and forgetting how much people, the general public, if their own population doesn't know. I love that. Absolutely. And I think that's where opening up these conversations is great, where we're having this conversation. So now everyone that's listening would not do this again. It's about, and, and this is where all of us as experts need to be getting the engagement so we can share whatever it is of our wisdom. You know, you're, you're sharing your expertise today so that more people can learn, which is a beautiful segue. And we've just closed that whole circle there. So it's beautiful. On that topic, to kind of to close that particular one out, there's a man, his name's Kikich. You ever heard of Kikich's Credos? No. Okay, so check out Kikich's Credos. It's spelled K-E-K-I-C-H, okay? He's got a hundred of these Credos. Number 22 specifically talks to this, the knowledge that you have. So Kikich's Credo number 22 says, the value of any service you have to offer diminishes rapidly once it's provided. Protect your compensation before performing. Wow. I will definitely have to look that up. If you've been in a situation, just just trust me, you know, get get paid before you provide the value because once somebody has, especially knowledge, once somebody has it, it's very hard for their brain to rationalize paying off maybe like payment plan they agreed to do if you don't get compensated beforehand because then it becomes, well, this is my arm. I mean, I didn't, I know I didn't know this knowledge before, but now this knowledge is part, part of me. Mm-hmm. Why am I paying for something that's a part of me? And then they will backwards rationalize themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. So because that's basic human psychology, he could just create our number 22 covers that. Love it. For everyone that's listening and have just been like, wow, Ben has just delivered so much value. I want I want even more. I love what he's talking about. How can people stay connected with you? You can just go to benperry.co and uh, there there's a couple different options for you. Grab a playbook. You can uh, 
if you decide, you know, you want to talk to me about your business, then you can uh, sign up for a call. Sounds fantastic. Thanks so much, Ben, for everything you've shared today. I absolutely love what you do and it's been great hanging out here with you today. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community especially for thought leaders and experts just like you and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favourite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast Click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.